Hey, I'm Natalie Abbott. And I'm Vera Schmitz. We are sisters who host the Dwell Differently podcast. We help you memorize and meditate on one Bible verse every month. And all month long on our podcast, we talk about what that verse means, why it matters, and how we can apply that verse to our daily lives. Hey friends, welcome back. It's Natalie, and I just want to tell you about my conversation today with Trillian Newbell. She is just an awesome woman of the word. She is a speaker and an author. She works for Moody Publishing. She knows her Bible really, really well, and it's such a great conversation. We're talking about how we can see ourselves rightly in view of who Christ is, that when we fix our attentions on him, all the other things find their right priorities, especially the way that we think about ourselves. So we talk about how John the Baptist is not jealous and why he could not be jealous. We talk about the burdens that we carry when we see ourselves as people who must be great. Um, and when we think about ourselves too often, Trulia does a really great job of just making this verse relatable and understandable in our lives. I had such a great discussion with her. I can't wait for you to listen in. Hey, welcome back to the Dwell Differently podcast. It's your host, Natalie Abbott. And today I am so excited to talk with our guest, Trillian Newbell. We are talking about our verse for this month. And for those of you who haven't listened in yet this month, our verse comes from John 3.30 and it says this, he must become greater, I must become less. What an awesome message for us today. And welcome, Trillia. I'm excited to get to talk about this verse with you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you out there listening who are unfamiliar with Trillia, Trillia, give us just like a like a little tiny one minute. What do you do? What are you passionate about? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I am a wife and a mother to two teenagers, and I love them so much, and I love my husband too. <laughs> And then I, I'm the acquisitions director at Moody Publishers. So I work in publishing and I get yeah. to write and speak as well. And it is an absolute joy and a passion to serve in that way. That is awesome. So you live in Chicago then, I assume? I do not. I live oh. right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. No so way. just like so many other organizations and companies, we have a pretty remote staff now. So lots of people yeah. everywhere. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, if, if I were going to live someplace, I think I would rather live outside of Nashville than inside of Chicago. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to both places and Nashville is just such a fun, fun city. It is. Awesome. Okay. So this verse that we are talking about, it is really a beautiful verse. I feel like it's kind of a counter cultural idea, like that we would put somebody above ourselves and say, that person should be greater and I should become less. But before we dive into that kind of application component, I want to give the context a little bit for those of you who haven't listened to that teaching episode yet. This is the words of John. John is saying to his disciples, he, Jesus, must become greater and I must become less. And what happens is John is baptizing on one side of the river and Jesus is baptizing on the other side of the river and his disciples come over and they are concerned because everybody is going over to Jesus. John's disciples are jealous of Jesus. What is it about us and our human tendency that would make John's disciples be jealous of Jesus? Do you think, Trillia? 
Yeah, it's interesting. I think there's a number of things going on in this scene. I think there, mm -hmm. there could be jealousy. There could also be comparison. Yeah. And, and so I think our tendency is to look to the other and see what they have or mm -hmm. what they don't have and compare ourselves and either we want what they have, which could lead towards envy and jealousy, or we compare and think that we are more than or better than. I think there's a lot of things that are in our human heart that lends itself towards looking to other people and either comparing them or being jealous. So I think it's a just a human tendency. Yeah, I would totally agree. I think this particular verse, like I said, it feels very countercultural. It feels like in our society today, we're encouraged to look out for number one, you know, to get what we can get, to get all the followers and all the likes and all the mm -hmm. things. And, you know, John's actual physical followers are following Jesus now. And how is it that John can look at that situation. And instead of like his disciples be like, what, what's going on? Oh no, what are we going to do? He's like, actually, this is good and right. Well, I think it's because he knew the scriptures for one. Yeah, but yeah. also, if you look at the whole of his words, I was thinking about this and I wrote down a few things. John 1 20, I am not the Christ. So he's declaring, knows his place. He knows I am not the Christ. John 1 uh, 27, he who comes after me, the strap whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. Mm. So he, he uh, quotes Isaiah that he is like a voice out of the wilderness. So John is, he's understanding his place. He was to preach and prepare a way for Jesus. Yeah. And he tells them to behold the lamb of God. So mm. there's scripture after scripture after scripture that just he, he always knew that there was someone greater coming. He was preparing mm. the way for the light of the world. And there's a fear of the Lord, I think, that I see in John the Baptist. So like mm. he fears the Lord. He's in awe of him. He's worshiping him, which when we do that, mm. we think rightly about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When we're worshiping the Lord, we're going to think right about ourselves. And it's not that, as Tim Keller would say, that we think of ourselves. Uh, it's not that we think less of ourselves, it's that we think of ourselves less. Yes. And so I think that's what we see kind of mm. laid out here. And um, yeah. so, yeah, that's, that's what I think when I think of him and why he was able to handle Jesus baptizing. <laughs> I think it's interesting too, um, what you said about how it's not that we are lesser, but that we think about ourselves less. Yes. I mean, certainly because God is God, he is far greater than we are, but it's when we are beholding him, when we are spending time with him, when we are, like you said, like John does, understanding the word, it's like he's greater because he is greater. It's not a lie. It's the truth. We're just living in what is already true about us. Absolutely. And about him, a holy, just set apart God. So when we, when we think on him, we're able to worship him rightly mm -hmm. and to think of ourselves rightly. And frankly, it's probably more beautiful than what we actually think of ourselves. <laughs> like <laughs> God sees us covered in Christ's righteousness. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So that, which I think is just a, uh, amazing in and of itself. And it does change the way that we view others. Mm. If John's followers 
were thinking rightly about Jesus, then they wouldn't have compared or have been jealous. There is a love of others, applying it directly to our current context, because you mentioned how in our current context, we can struggle with social media, feeling like we need to have all the likes or wanting what that other person wants or whatever it is. But if you love people the way God has called just to, then you're going to want that thing for them, that other person. You're going to want them to succeed. You're going to want them to get that job that you want. You're going to want them to have that marriage and that baby and that you name that thing. You're going to want them to have godly success in the Lord. So when we apply and obey God to love him with all our hearts, minds, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, it's easier to put (laughs) off. Yeah, it's not easy. I I appreciate that word. (laughs) Yes, it's easier to put off jealousy and comparison Mm. and those things that hinder us. And so, yeah, I think we see that um, displayed in John. I am so excited to tell you about this next thing. We have just come out with a Well Differently Scripture Memory Journal. Why we haven't done this before, I have no idea, but it is specifically catered to your scripture memorization along with us. Whether you're a member or you listen to the podcast, it's a great place for you to practice writing out your verses, writing down prayers, jotting down information that you're learning here on the podcast, or other things that you're learning about the verses. There's all kinds of prompts in it to help you further just delve deeper into the verse. So you can use the code podcast15 to take 15% off your journal purchase. And we cannot wait to hear about how much you are loving it. I think you kind of alluded to it just now, but I would love to hear you expand on that idea that when we rightly understand who we are based on who God is, there's actually like a freedom in that. How is that a freedom for us when we kind of walk in the things that God has given us instead of being comparative with other people or jealous or whatever? Like, I think sometimes we feel like that wouldn't be a freedom or that the freedom is actually in becoming the best this or that or having the thing. But what if the freedom is actually just being content with with what we have? Well, I feel like you just said it, actually. Contentment Contentment brings such peace. And and so when we're not always clamoring for the next Mm -hmm. thing or someone else's thing, which (laughs) then you're going to have peace. But not only that, you can be affirmed in the Lord. What I mean is we are created to reflect our creator god before the foundation of the world god gave us good works that he had planned for us that we might walk in them so he god gives us certain gifts if we acknowledge oh wait i am created by the lord he has kindly given me certain gifts i can exercise those gifts and it is a gift that i can do these things then it's going to change the way we view all our success and Frankly, our quote unquote failures, we're not going to ride the wave of emotions. We're going to trust the Lord and walk in them with Mm -hmm. faith because they were prepared before the foundation of the world. If we know this and we trust him, then it it brings peace and contentment and joy in our labor. Yeah, I think there's a lot of freedom when we can view ourselves 
the way the, the Lord views us. They, it brings joy. I think you, you're really hitting the nail on the head there, because even in the text, like right before our verse, John talks about himself as being like the best man at the wedding, right? Yes. He's not the groom. He's the best man. And he's there yes. to announce to everybody, hey, the groom is coming. And he says that now he's here. And because of that, I have this joy and my joy is complete. That's exactly what you're saying. Like we can have this joy and confidence and security and blessing in just kind of staying in our lane, you know? Yes. I actually love that verse and the thought of how it just, he's Jesus's friend <laughs> and he gets to rejoice with his friend. I think it's beautiful, this long awaited bridegroom and he gets to rejoice with his friend and he knows his place and and he can support and be encouraged because he's not clamoring to replace him. Obviously, he could never, but right. he knows right. that, you know, how would it be if we all operated with that mindset yeah. in all the various things that we do? Yeah. I think if we would have encouraging teams and I'm talking about at work and yeah. households yeah. that are encouraging one another and supporting one another and churches, goodness. <laughs> Churches are messy. <laughs> <laughs> messy churches, yes. But yeah, so yeah. I, I just think um, I love that picture. And yeah, I love that picture of a bridegroom and the friend of the bridegroom who rejoices yeah. with his friend. Well, and I think it kind of forces you. Like when I think about me kind of being a, a glory thief, so to speak, like trying to steal a little bit of God's thunder sometimes, like, oh, I, I was wise about that or I whatever yeah. this or that. I don't think about it in it as aggressive as a way as this image would be if you flipped it on its head, you know, mm. like how awkward would it be if you went to a wedding <laughs> and the best man was like trying to dance the first dance with the bride? What? That's a good, <laughs> you know, like that is a pretty aggressive image, but it's like, if I think about myself that way, like I'm showing up at this wedding and I'm doing the first dance. I'm going to get out there on the floor. Like what? Who does that? And yet, like kind of that's what we're doing when we're trying to kind of steal the Lord's glory or like attribute it to ourselves or whatever. Like it doesn't seem, it seems less, uh, you know, out there kind of far out and crazy. But if you put yourself into this scenario and you're acting like what John, uh, his, yeah. his disciples are like encouraging him, like, no, really, you go get those guys and you bring them all back here. You know, all those yeah. followers, we need those guys back here. And, and John is like, no, 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 no. I am yeah. not the groom. That's yeah. awkward. <laughs> that is. I love that. And, you know, it's interesting because as you were talking, I was thinking about my own heart and temptation and tendencies. And I don't know, and I could be wrong, that I tend to try to steal God's glory. I think I can mm -hmm. attribute my gifts and various things to God's glory. Where I think I would falter would be being like, well, <laughs> at least I'm not like that. Kind of. Oh, That's yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that would be my, or so, so uh -huh. it's still the same pride and arrogance. And so I can, I can think to myself, wisdom says, don't say this thing. And then in my private thoughts, I could say, well, that person isn't as wise as I am. But that's the uh, still that's although it's not outward, it, the inward is still a arrogance and pride yeah. and a glory. And probably a lot more pernicious. 
Yeah. And so I need to repent of that anytime I see that kind of mm -hmm. arrogance. Yeah. I think most people would potentially fall in that kind of error mm -hmm. than screaming out, you know, on social media, look at me <laughs> and all my glory. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I like how John says, uh, he says in verse 27, a person can only receive what is uh, given yes. them from heaven. And I'm yes. like, I don't know why we didn't memorize that verse too. <laughs> like that is a really good verse for guarding against pride Yep, and also like elevating us when we feel low, like we don't have anything, but like, yeah, you've, you've been given all of this from the Lord, your salvation, abundant life, eternal yes. life, you know, all these things that we have. And I think sometimes we either get caught up in I'm better than everybody else or I'm not as good as anybody else. There's like this tension for us to hold. I think you said it really from the very beginning. It's like when you keep your eyes on Jesus. Yes then you just kind of fall right into where you belong. You know? Yeah. Both of those things are pride. We tend to look at the person who is outward or doing all the things and think, oh, that's pride. But mm -hmm. if you don't recognize God as the giver of all good things and you, you forget what his gifts and all that he has given to you, then that also is a pride. And so the Lord, yeah, he, he gives grace to the humble. He desires for us to acknowledge him and be content, as you mentioned, and to praise him mm -hmm. and to thank him. So I think, yeah, I think both can be an error. And it just proves that we need the Lord. <laughs> that is so true. Okay, so here's, I'm going to get real here. Yeah. Where have you seen yourself personally struggle to live for the applause of others. I feel like because you are in a, a position where people know you, you know, mm -hmm. you've been on the stage, you are on the stage so many times. How is it that you war against that? How do you struggle? What's your tendency to struggle with that? And then how do you war against that? Yeah. So by the grace of God, I have grown so much from the beginning. I didn't struggle in the way that you might be speaking of. I struggled in the fear of man. So Proverbs says, the fear of man lays a snare, but those who trust in the Lord are safe. When I first started ministry, I didn't think, oh, I need to be applauded. I just was so afraid that I would do something wrong. And mm -hmm. I would be in error. Mm -hmm. And so after I would speak, it's kind of like what they say about pastors <laughs> after they speak on Sunday, they're depressed on Monday or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I, I'm married to a pastor and I have learned that he <laughs> desperately needs words of affirmation every single Sunday. He needs me to say, babe, that was awesome. I am sure that everybody got saved. That yeah. was, you know, like the, I, I can remember one time, um, saying we had a guest speaker come in and I remember say, like praising that person and saying, babe, that guy did such a great job. It was so little, la, la, la. and I kind of like went through his sermon with him and I was like, I can't believe this and this, this. And he was like, I don't know when the last time you talked about one of my sermons like that was. Oh. And I was like, Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> because it, it became kind of this like normal. Habit. It's normal. Yeah. Like, You're like, I do this every Sunday. I see you but every he, Sunday. He needs that encouragement every Sunday. And I think we all do. I think you're right. He does. He needs that. He needs that encouragement every Sunday because it is so hard. And the fear of man will lead us to think of ourselves too much, Mm. to evaluate every single word. And often the reason I use a pastor, I I am, uh, I get to teach to women, but I use because I often um, would not be afraid that they weren't going to applaud me, but be afraid that no one, that my teaching wasn't going to resonate or encourage Mm. or, so it was real specific. So I didn't want to be glorified. I'm sure I did in some way, but I just wanted my teaching itself to be affirmed. Like what you said was true and good and it wasn't heretical. So I would dissect myself. And I read, uh, Tim Keller wrote a book called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. And I highly recommend it. It's two pages long. It's so short, but it really helps me. And that's actually where I got the quote, which he borrowed from C.S. Lewis. It's not that we think less of ourselves, it's that we think of ourselves less. And that's what I needed to do in order to practically rejoice, in order to put what we're reading into action where I could rejoice and be grateful for Jesus and grateful for the gifts. And I had to stop thinking about myself (laughs) and, (laughs) and being afraid of what other people thought of me in so far as my teaching, not my personhood. And that was, that was a battle. It was a battle that now I've seen the Lord do so. He's so faithful Mm -hmm. that I can speak and leave it. I'm just like, the Lord's going to do what he wants to do. And he always does something so I can leave it. And that's been a grace. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. In this world of like digital things and everything being recorded, like you really have all the tools that you would need to be completely psycho about that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like you really could, you could go through every single time that you speak and just micromanage yourself and, and pick yourself apart. Oh, I'm so glad you don't struggle with that as much anymore, Trillia, because that is just a burden. That is a burden. Yeah, that was, it was my first year. And then I was like, yeah, I want to keep doing this. I, I, yeah, (laughs) this is, I need to know that it really is a, he must increase, I must decrease Mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I needed to decrease. I needed to forget myself and stop analyzing every word I say and trust him. Yeah. He's going to finish the good work he began in people. He's going to protect his people. I'm not God. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't that's not my role. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, yes. I yes. And, and he so. is pleased to use the small things and the yes. foolish things of the world to shame the wise things Amen. and the grand things, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. Moses, his problem was that he wasn't seeing like when God said, Hey, I want you to go talk to Pharaoh, he's like, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna say like, that. <laughs> Who do you think I am? Of course I'm gonna give you everything you need to do this. That is like one one side of the same problem. Coin. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's one side of the coin. And the other one being, you know, the struggling with, <coughs> with wanting to, to have that glory for ourselves, you yeah. know, like thinking grand thoughts of ourselves instead of 
lowly thoughts, like, you know, too lowly thoughts of ourselves. But it seems like John isn't struggling with this. Like John knows very well, I'm not the Messiah. I just came to tell you about him. Now he's here and I have so much joy because I can just let that all go. I fulfilled what I was supposed to do. So, so what can we do to develop a mindset more like John's? Okay. I think practically John knew the scriptures. So I started with that because I think it's really important. He knew Jesus. He knew that he was coming. He knew he, Isaiah is quoted. He knew the scriptures. So if we know who God is in his word, we can rightly place him in our minds and so, and in our hearts. So I believe that the first thing for us is to behold the Lamb of God. And we do that through so many different practical ways, but one is in his word. So I would encourage people to get to know this Jesus that we talk about because that's going to be your first line of defense against pride and arrogance and glory seeking mm -hmm. is to know the one who is holy. Mm -hmm. So the other thing I think is for us to ask the Lord to identify where we struggle. Yeah. It can be so easy to listen to something like this and be like, oh, that person struggles with <laughs> That person, so true. You know, so like true. in a sermon, you're like oh, yeah. looking. I hope so and so is listening. <laughs> so that's not helpful. So, yeah. So ask the Lord to search your heart mm -hmm. and to reveal anything that's in you that might struggle with in this area. Mm -hmm. I would likely say that we all struggle in one way or another. All of mm -hmm. mine were a little different than where you were going, but they were still. Yeah. all a part of the same thing. And right. so we can ask the Lord to reveal it. And then we need to repent of it, which all of these things are practical. Ask the Lord to forgive you. And he says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. First John 1, 9. So we want to confess it to the Lord and ask him to forgive us and to purify us. So those are a few practical things. And in the situation, if there is something that is good and that could encourage other people, I would encourage you to do the good thing and encourage other people and ask God to help you uh, with your temptation to self-glory. In other words, I think that a lot of people right now, and I'm, I'm going to get real specific. I'm thinking of people who want to be authors or people who they see so much self-promotion that they are afraid to share mm -hmm. because there's this fear, oh, I'm going to be promoting and then they pull back. Mm -hmm. I actually say, if it's about Jesus, we need more <laughs> of that in today's culture yeah. and in social media where everything is so on fire. We mm -hmm. need to hear the good news. Yeah. And if you're t tempted to Fear that you're going to sin, ask God to protect you. He provides a way of escape. Mm -hmm. If we're tempted, we can ask him for that way out. So mm -hmm. ask him to help you and have faith and step out in faith and do it. I did not stop speaking because I struggled with the fear of man. I killed the fear of man. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. is what I want people to mm -hmm. do. Keep going in the way that the Lord, if he has given you a, a good work to to walk in, walk in it mm -hmm. and ask him 
to kill the sin in you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because if, if what you're sharing is really about him, even if you have a false motivation, like then ask the Lord to kill that. Just like John the Baptist, like you said, we are called to be like him. We are called to be the best man who's saying the groom is coming. He's coming yeah. to proclaim that Jesus has come and that he has done these glorious, wonderful things. And he is here for our salvation and the goodness of mankind. And if we're excited about that, then that will be what eventually and ultimately will be the thing. That'll be the thing that that people pick up on, hopefully, and not us trying to talk about ourselves like we're all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> yes. Yes. Amen. Uh, I think so. Awesome. Well, Trillia, this has been such a fun conversation. I love how you've just kind of been very honest with us about oh, good. your own dealing with this concept and the struggle of how you think about yourself and, mm -hmm. and what God has called you to do. Mm -hmm. And I, I would just say to our listeners, listen to what she said, <laughs> go do a little bit of, of self-identification work, ask the Lord to reveal those things to you and ask him to give you verses that can help you battle the mm -hmm. things that you're struggling with. Cause that's what his word is for. Thank you so much, Trillia. And that was so much fun having you on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, are you loving this month's verse, but you want a little bit more? Let me tell you, every week we write a devotional email and we post it on our blog online at dwelldifferently.com. And you can also sign up with your email there to get it every single Monday in your Monday morning email, just a little devotional to get your week started off right. So go over to dwelldifferently.com and sign up for our weekly email.